welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. It is early July. I'm walking down Wembley Way ahead of England against Denmark in the semi-final of UEFA Euro 2020. It's warm. The atmosphere is fantastic. England fans clearly outnumbering the Danes. I've been travelling around this whole tournament, as I said on the last podcast a few weeks ago. I've really enjoyed it, the football. I appreciate it. I'm very lucky to be doing this in the name of, of work. I've been to some amazing places, met some amazing people. United fans in, in Baku, in, in, in Munich, in Copenhagen, in Seville. And London is the place I've been to most. And I'm walking towards the stadium. We've got a bit of time. And I'm with Simon Peach, who is a journalist who covers Manchester United and England. So he's the one at the front row in the press conferences who usually asks Gareth Southgate the first question. Uh, I, I think I recall recently, and I'm sure he'll tell me whether I'm wrong, that Southgate started calling him Peachy. He's also played darts with Harry Maguire this week. I don't know who's won that one. I'm sure he'll tell us. And I just thought it'd be nice to have a little bit of a chat about Manchester United. The season will be starting before we know it. And between us, we're just going to deliver news of which signings are definitely going to be made and on which day they're going to be signing and for the exact transfer fee. So, do you want to go first? We've got four new signings coming. Jaden Sancho, first one. Oh, you've done me there. You've proper done me there. The next one. to arrive. Right, you did, you, you did a third one as well. I think of the second one. No, um, yeah. It's, yeah, it feels weird the season so fast upon us, isn't it? I was looking at the fixture list of the friendlies I can go to and it's only a couple of weeks away. Um, We're not even sure whether United are going to play Malta, for example. It's know, looking was, unlikely. They're on the green list now, but there are so many hurdles. Is it really what? Of course, it'd be great for United to go out there. It's the older supporters club, if I'm right, I'm thinking. You'll know it. Um, and, and there's no better time to go over, you'd think, in terms of not going away on these far-flung tours. But, I don't know, it's just, it, it, does it make more sense to stay home and walk before you can run? Because we are, if we're going to reopen the stadiums properly, then they probably need to focus on getting that right before the new season. Well, on the bright side, it looks like Old Trafford will be able to open to close to capacity at the start of the season, maybe even capacity. That, that's great news. It's only... May, I think, when 10,000 fans yeah. were first allowed in. Yeah, um, it'll be really great. I found we were just saying then about how nice it is to see fans coming to the ground. Look, I'm not sure how many United fans are going to be on Wembley Way. It's a different type of fan here. The, the, the crappy clubs like Southampton, like me, eh? the England fans, really, that come to games. It's, but it hasn't been the same, like turning up to empty stadiums, empty car parks, empty press. Just, uh, I don't know. It's, no, it's not been the same, and I know it's easy to say, and we're very privileged to be there. But it adds that extra intensity. Your video that I'm sure everyone's seen from behind the goal of the Germany game summed up the just the bedlam that football fans bring and how great these moments can be. Mad, wasn't it? It was mad. I mean, I, was, I wasn't being particularly impartial in the press box, I won't lie. But that, that's what Ham's like. We, I care about... the you, you, When you cover clubs, you care... Or national teams, you care about the individuals involved because... I know it might not seem like it sometimes, but most of them are just decent blokes doing their jobs, surrounded by other decent blokes that you don't know. They were good at the jobs, or you know, the working class lads who are good at playing football, or they've got to a, a job in a high position at Manchester United on the football side, usually because they're good at it. It doesn't happen by chance. Exactly. There's, 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 yeah. 
I'm looking forward to the new season with United. I'm not looking forward to the second game against Southampton because I'll start to get PTSD. Um, How do you feel when United play Southampton? You're a Southampton fan. I respect you as a Southampton fan. You've gone to Southampton games for years. You've covered Southampton as a journalist. And I've never heard who I support either. Obviously, people listening to this know I support Manchester City. And um, I, I hate how I felt after Gdansk. I hate that it gets to me. Well, imagine that every game, because at least you win some. No, it, I, I, it does change the way you watch it. Obviously, you're not getting up and celebrating it like you would as a fan or shouting out. But it does... I, I think it improves the way you cover a team uh, for one and I mean the 9-0 is probably one the, the second one the fact I have to say the second one isn't great the, the second 9-0 was one of my lowest moments because <laughs> I was in an empty stadium uh, the only Southampton van I was the away end and yeah it was just hideous so those moments are, are terrible so if you think a dance was bad then that, that wasn't much better that's what it's about isn't it the fact I, as I was saying to you, like I probably relate more to England as a as a fan because my team are rubbish. This might be the only chance I ever get to see a team that I follow win a trophy. I mean, we got to a final, we were robbed by your lot, as we've discussed before. But I might not ever get this chance again. I don't know. You robbed our lot, don't forget, in 1976. I wasn't born though, so it doesn't count. If they, well, we're still allowed to talk about it. That's all we talk working. about. It's the only thing we've ever won. <laughs> Um, I got taken around Southampton uh, before the, the game at the start of last season by Clive Foley who edits the, he edited the Ugly Inside fanzine and he took me in all the main Southampton pubs and it was brilliant just to see pictures from 76 of how proud he was to be from Southampton about the history of the town that's, it's a city now isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry about the rivalry with Portsmouth and I like that as well you know yeah. Southampton is an established we're, we're a proper club but we're inoffensive really no, that's why I can look, it's different the way you've, you've grown up in the media you, you've always been very clear who you support with me it re- didn't really matter if I came in in the middle of the social media era so I'm Southampton man, because realistically no one really cares even like Southampton Pompey fans look out for each other but when it comes to that day which is all too rare now because they're so rubbish it is incredible how are you feeling about Manchester United next season? What will success be for Manchester United next season? I think Oli needs a trophy. He does need a trophy. I really, really wanted him to get it in Gdansk because it would have... I look, if they'd have won it and they'd had a bad start to the season, then people would be going, well, he's only won the Europa League. So you, it's a, it's, some people you're never going to win over. But it would have been that marker of progress because we can all see it. We can all feel it around the, the place, um, the mood of, among the majority of the fans and, and the the players the, the staff everything there is there's a positive if they can cut out this stupidity I know they came back a lot of falling behind all the time if they can show a bit more purpose if they can add some exciting players like your Jane Sancho's or shore up with like elite talent in certain areas I think it can be a really good season I don't think United are far off from it and I do think on the football side there's more right than there is wrong you talk about falling behind the most notable game last season for me was don't don't say it why <laughs> Well, I was there. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. And but I also said at half time, I was with the, I was sort of press team, and I was giving them the V sign. Or no, sorry, I was showing them the two goals that we'd scored. Um, but I said you're going to come and win this. And I, I actually I didn't put money on it, but I said I was going to because the Southampton have this incredible habit of losing to United. I'm not a gambling man, but I had my only bet of last year at half time in that game, and my bet was for Manchester United to win the Premier League. And within seven weeks, if I would have 
I think it's called cashing out. Yeah, I would have made. I'll listen to you. Is it called cashing out? Yes, it's called cashing out. Once, yeah. I don't bet, mate. I just don't. Um, I wish I would have cashed out now because. Manchester City soon opened up a, a, a huge... Uh, but it was still small league. margins at the end of the day, that season. I still think United might be... Some people might be kicking themselves because you weren't far off. I know. A couple of bad results. That Sheffield United game. I mean, we boosted your goal difference. Southampton tried our best. I mean, you weren't far off. How are United to cover as a journalist from your, your objective perspective? You've covered Tottenham in the past. You've covered Southampton. You cover England. I've not seen you playing darts with any Manchester United players. Well, just Harry Maguire. But, I mean, uh, yeah. it, uh, we, and it turns out I'm not good at darts, but he's worse. So that's, that's one thing we've learned. Yeah, so you beat him? I beat him, yeah. Um, it was the Battle of the Slabheads. Um, two of the biggest heads in that media room. What did he say when you beat him? Uh, he wasn't happy. Um, but I said to him, I hope you win for the rest of the week. So, that, that, and that's genuine because I, I love England to win. But, but covering United is a real challenge in the sense of it's a, it's, it's a bit like a player, someone like a Luke Shaw, who I know that when he went from Southampton to Man United, yeah, you're staying within England. Yeah, it's the same league, but it's just a different stratosphere. If I tweet about Southampton signing someone for 15 million, it'll get 100, 200 retweets for us. I don't know, not a lot. If I tweet about United signing a 16-year-old that you'd never heard of until I tweeted about him, you get 10,000 likes or whatever. It's, it's just a different stratosphere. Everything is poured over. The way the questions are asked, everything. And when you're writing, is your audience a domestic one or is it an international one? Because a lot of these likes or retweets, they won't be coming from the UK, but PA is UK. PA is the... So for people that don't know what PA are, and to be honest, I don't know sometimes all the different arms we have, we are the National News Agency of the UK and Ireland. We were formed 155 years ago. Um, like we, we are seen as the, the reliable source for all news. So the BBC, for example, as far as I'm aware, won't report if, well, when the Queen dies until we do because we have to have stood it up ourselves. So that's the kind of level we're at now. Well, certainly we were. I don't know how social media has taken it on. But, um, yeah, so... Are you I, paying I, us for this plug? starting to sound, well, sound like a manscape read through <laughs> have you done one of them yet no i'm not gonna know have you done one of them yet? have you listened to any of them i have i think they're very good right uh, it's because remo makes them uh, i think one of the funniest moments of last season was when someone came up to him uh, on the in the center circle at old trafford during the protest and asked him how his balls were we well, don't condone or condemn. <laughs> uh, well, if, I, if there's a freebie, I'll always take a freebie. But yeah, no, I haven't done another yet. But um, but in also, yeah, yeah, it's it's a different strategy covering United. It's a good challenge. And with PA, we we write for a UK audience. We write what we see. We don't we don't have any agendas. We 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 sit on the fence. That's our job. But if United play well, I'll say United play well. If United play badly, I'll say United play badly. We've both got to head in towards the ground now. Just just on United. Can you see any more transfer action, any more players coming through? There has through? to be, there yeah. has to be. Um, how much is left in the kitty, I don't know. The fact that they've spread that Jane Sancho fee, which I think is actually a very reasonable fee, all things considered, over five years, should give them some wriggle room and might actually prove quite smart in that sense. Because if you're only paying, I haven't done the maths, they're 13, 15 million up front, then that gives you more to play with. That centre-back, an elite centre-back, I know United have got loads of centre-backs, but there's not enough elite ones. If you can get an elite centre-back, I think, I think that improves things. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you feel. I think Edinson signing that new deal delays that and means you can focus on areas like that, maybe improve that midfield area. 
and you, I think one of the big decisions Ollie's got to make is what he does with the goalkeeper going forward because I can't I know Tom Heaton isn't coming in as number one but he isn't going to come in to become third choice goalkeeper I don't think I, I do I think how do you get rid of well, get, 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 get rid sounds very aggressive and it's not really fair but David De Gea owns that much money yeah and there's not we, I was talking about this with someone recently there's not many places he could go that could afford him or would be attractive so it's difficult I think if David had held out on contract negotiations and the pandemic had struck we'd be talking in a very different way about how, how his future looks Dean Henderson's a very quality goalkeeper David De Gea is I, I, don't, I don't see him as any worse so it's a very difficult situation and the wages in the pandemic make it hard to see how or where he would go to how do you feel when Southampton sell your best players, usually to Liverpool, often to Manchester United as well? Who would be the next Southampton players who, when the transfer window closes, you will think, I'm glad we managed to keep him? Well, I think this is indicative of our recent seasons. There's not that many players I'm worried about losing nowadays, um, whereas it used to be every summer, four or five. Um, James Ward Prowse is the heartbeat of the side, um, a Pompey boy that's seen the right side and come to the, to the good side. Um, he's the one that would really like would break Southampton fan hearts in the sense of he's your captain he's come through your academy if he doesn't want to be there then what have you got I hope the fact that he was he was overlooked for the squad doesn't play into that because um, yeah as I said he's the important one but he, he is the best player and probably the best free kick taker in the league Can United mount a serious title challenge this season? Yeah yeah they can but it does it does require a little bit of luck, as it does every season, with the way the cards fall with the other teams. Um, but also a couple of smart additions. It'll be interesting to see how this pre-season looks as well, because last pre- I don't think United were helped last season by the disruption of playing so long into the summer in Cologne. But this time, I mean, England, even if they don't get to the final, uh, they are going to be... These players are going to need weeks off. Marcus Rashford's freely admitted he might have to have surgery. I have Harry Maguire I spoke to the other day not when I was playing darts with him at a separate occasion but his ankle and he said it was fine but he also said a week or so ago that he was aware that he was going to have to play through the pain at times is that going to be sustainable so how are these I don't know it's, it's going to be interesting to see how disruptive this pre-season is and if United can hit the ground running if they do they make it one or two more signings that can go straight into the lineup. then I think you can win thank you for your time enjoy the semi-final I'll try Did you ever read the fine print that appears when you start browsing in incognito mode? It says that your activity might still be visible to your employer, your school, your internet service provider. How can you even call it incognito? To really stop people from seeing the sites that you visit, you need to do what a lot of people do and use ExpressVPN. Think about all the times that you've used Wi-Fi at a coffee shop, a hotel, or even at your parents' house. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the admin of that network. And that's true even when you're in incognito mode. I mean, do you want your parents to see what you've been looking at? What's more, your home internet provider, Comcast, AT&T, BT, whoever, they can see and record your browsing data. And in the US, for example, they're legally allowed to sell data to advertisers. ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts all of your network data and reroutes it through a network of secure servers so that your private online activity stays just that, private. 
ExpressVPN. Works on all your devices and is very easy to use. The app literally has one button. I use it all the time. You tap it to connect and your browsing activity is secure from prying eyes. So stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com forward slash united. Use our link at expressvpn.com forward slash united to get three months extra for free. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united to learn more. It's half time in extra time. England won. Italy won. Semi final. 67,000. Yeah, so it's at Wembley and it's about to go to penalties. Sat here underneath the giant arch. The Italian and the English players are lined up on the halfway line. The two goalkeepers are just hugging each other. I wouldn't say wishing each other luck. I don't know what the conversation is. Atmosphere's been good here. Very tense. This is the final. Luke Shaw gave England the lead after one minute 57 seconds. Played really well in the first half, but Italy just got stronger and stronger and stronger. They're taking the first penalty. That's the booze that you can hear. So Italy taking the first penalty. Maguire's played well. Rashford and Sancho have just come on now with, with penalties in mind. Uh, I want England to win. I'm English, but I don't think they will. I hope I'm totally wrong. I'm just scarred by uh, penalty shootouts. I never thought I'd mention Gdansk again, but Gdansk has done me. Anyway, let's hope for better luck for, for England now. First penalty up. Come on, Pickford, lad. To my left. Maybe eight or 9,000 Italian fans. Uh, cheering because Berardi's just put the ball to the side of Pickford. Harry Kane is next to take the England penalty. Might sound slightly accurate because I'm surrounded by Perspex and I had to move it to get some power from my, my computer. I'm, I'm, I'm. Come on, Harry, lad. Put it in. This is Italy's second penalty. Tension is incredible. Bellotti. Young lad. Uh, looks it. 
defense saved it. So Harry Maguire had a great tournament, been booked in this game. I really hope he scores, I can't deal with people getting on his case. I've seen it happen too many times with United players in the past. Come on Harry lad, put it in. Come on Harry lad, come on lad, come on lad. Oh yes, that is a beauty son, get in there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've just been told to sit down now. That is a belting penalty. Absolutely belting penalty. Pick that one out. That's a belting penalty. Okay. England have got an advantage. But only two penalties. Come on, Pickford. Come on, son. Save it, lad. Insigne scored that one. He's a great player. He's had a fantastic game before he came off. Love watching him play football. Beautiful penalty. Staggers his run up. Who's next up? Come on, Marcus. Marcus Rashford. Come on, Marcus. Come on, Marcus. Come on, lad. Come on, Marcus. It's always horrible when it's United players. I just, you just want to protect them. Come on, Marcus. Come on, Marcus. Come on, Marcus. Come on, Marcus. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. He sent the goalkeeper the wrong way and then he hit the post. And he looks devastated. He looks because he is. Calvin Phillips straight up to him. Twenty. Twenty. Bernadeschi. Come on, Pickford. Now it just starts to feel awful. It just does. Just does. Okay. Jaden Sancho. 
Come on, lad. Come on, lad. No. That's where it ends. That's where it goes to shit. Knew this would happen. Knew this would happen. It was a very good save. It was a great save. Knew this would happen. they win oh no same old story unfortunately come on Pickford but there's penalties oh I tell you what, if he saves this, the roar, you'll hear it in Manchester. And he has done! He has done! He has done! <laughs> I'll give it Wow, wow, wow. Oh, look at him, he's only a boy. Twenty past one in the morning, and I've just taken the tube from Wembley across the city to my hotel near Aldgate. And the fans were pretty good-natured, all things considered. I saw some pretty unsavoury sights today before the game when I came out of Wembley Way six hours before the match because that's a bit air early. Uh, you, you struggle to get down Wembley Way because it was just packed with people and there were already like loads of cans and bottles on the floor and the police just looked like they were uh, just just watching it all it was difficult to come out of the tube station and walk to the stadium and it, it got more beery more aggressive and i didn't see any or next to no italian fans which wasn't normal because of the numbers of italy fans and also uh, I'd seen a lot of German fans, a lot, a lot of Danish fans in the previous matches, Croatians, and it was probably good from the perspective of the Italians that they, they weren't really around because the atmosphere was not good. And then you saw it just bubbled up and up, and people would try to get in the ground, and and then by that time I was I was I was well I was in the ground very very early. And saw some of the old United lads and spoke to them. Roy Keane, Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, they were all working for the television and then watched the game. And 
be my final game of, of last season, although I went to two pre-season friendlies on Saturday to start next season. And most of you listen to this podcast not to hear about England, but about Manchester United. That's why we spoke to Simon at the start of the, the podcast. So I'm going to have a week or two off and then United are back. But a pre-season games, the domestic, the... At least there is a pre-season this year, unlike last year, and there's no pre-season tour, so there'll be no podcasts from the Far East or from America. Uh, there's a lot more games at Old Trafford than normal, and I think there'll be one more pre-season match announced, and then the season starts against Leeds United. So, how are we at the moment with Manchester United? Well, the players are back in training. The players who played in the Euros will have a bit more time off, and they deserve that because I speak to people involved at the club and they feel like they've just had a two-year season. So, they need, they need some time off, and the scheduling is slightly better than, than last year when the season for United finished in August. At least we're still in July. I know it started later last year. And we had the signing of Jaden Sancho. I think United fans would like to see more signings, and I would as well. I also think that United have paid far, far more than any other club for a player so far this season. And I think the idea of signing three or four players on big money is just not going to happen. Uh, I think there might be more transfers that like we spoke about at the start of this this podcast from the Euros um, Luke Shaw had a great tournament Harry Maguire did as well Marcus Rashford was uh, used extremely sparingly and I know I know he was frustrated with that and then he came on to take that penalty and obviously didn't score he looked absolutely devastated I looked online and I saw people quick to condemn but I've just travelled on a train full of England fans, I've not heard, I didn't hear a single bad comment against the players who missed penalties, and people were were, pr- were pretty positive actually. Uh, so lots of Italians, and didn't see any abuse given towards them. I'm sure that I'll read about some incidents over the next couple of days because just the sheer number of people and the law of averages will lead to that. And London's still absolutely packed, and. I think that there's just England fans walking around everywhere. They're disappointed, but not seeing acts of, of aggression, which I feared before the game. So we'll bring the pod uh, next, in the next couple of weeks. We'll get another podcast and we'll gear up towards doing United We Stand. I'll start uh, setting the, the schedule for the next season, do, do the mag, and we appreciate all the support, people. People buying the mic. I can't believe how busy London still is this time on really, really late. But that's London. I've had a a long trip. I've been away now for 31 days. Um, Eight countries, I think. 16 games in the tournament. And Roy Keane said to me before, but it's been much more interesting for you doing all the travelling. And I, I think it has. They've just been stuck in London and met some really interesting people a United fan Baku last week who'd, who'd been a soldier on the front line and 
I think I should write about all these people in the first fanzine of the, of the season. I was taken around Copenhagen by Christina, works as a model there. Katrina, sorry Katrina, Katrina, I got your name wrong when I was there as well. I apologise. Uh, I met a, a French diplomat in Baku and he took me out with his family. I met loads of interesting people. Imre in, in Amsterdam, he told me what it was like working in intensive care as a nurse during Covid. Imre is a, is a big United fan. People in Seville, Munich, the border official in Munich who looked at my picture on my accreditation and just laughed at me and said, come on, I like that, give me a bit of shit because uh, I had a red face because a long time ago when this tournament started I came to London first and it was sunny and now it's raining and the weather's been a bit of a washout this week been pretty poor but hopefully we'll get some 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 summer so that's it for me now i'm gonna get my head down and go to bed try and charge my batteries up for a week or two see my family and then we'll crack on with manchester united football club for 21 22 with ollie at the wheel hopefully he continue to improve got a decent title challenging win a trophy get out the uh, group stage in the Champions League this year and I'm feeling pretty optimistic actually I think it'll be difficult to win the league but I'm still feeling pretty optimistic but then I'm an optimist and I even thought England would have a good chance in this tournament well they gave it a good shot but in the end the best team won and that was Italy good night speak to you soon